Welcome back to the Boss Ladies podcast hosted by myself, Swalia, and the wonderful Monacy. Today, our guest is Sarah. If you could introduce yourself, that would be awesome. Hi, um, I'm Sarah Shankar. Uh, I'm a sophomore at NYU, the Clive Davis Institute, and I'm a songwriter producer. And um, I'm also an entrepreneur, too. Uh, I write and produce pop songs for artists. I've worked with both major label and indie artists. And um, I also have a camp called the Pixapop Girls Camp where I teach young girls in my community how to integrate art, music, and technology. And yeah, I'm so happy to be here and answer any questions and excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, that's a lot of interesting things. Like I really am most curious about just your journey as a creator. So how did you get into music in the first place? Um, wow, that is, <laughs> that is a very, very loaded question. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I come from like a kind of sort of small college town in Texas where uh, my like exposure to pop music was like through the radio. And um, yeah, I just remember as a kid being super fascinated by it. And every time like I'd hear a Kelly Clarkson song or a Taylor Swift song, like I'd go and try to play it on my piano. And then um, yeah, like I, I realized that I had perfect pitch through that and I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And then I also like I, I just started writing songs like for fun and I, I was so embarrassed about it as a kid. Like I, I never talked about this to anyone. Like I was I was like a, I was an athlete and I like did all the academic things at my school and I just wrote songs like in secret in my little diary in my journal at home. But yeah, like and then I, I realized that like one day I really love doing it. And so I, I discovered this software called GarageBand, which is like it comes with Apple products. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like I, I don't know if it comes with the Mac now as a built in feature now, but um, I, I think I had to download it. But um, yeah, so I, I decided to like try to um, put background music to like a song that I wrote and um, it kind of worked out and it sounded good to me at the time. Now that I listen back, I'm just like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> but um, I was so I was so excited about it. I like put it on SoundCloud. I told all my friends about it. And then, um, yeah, like that's kind of how I first started. Uh, I got like mixed reactions when I did that because like I was from a town where no one did anything like that. Yeah. So um, like on, on one side, like all the girls at my like middle school were like super supportive and they're like, this is so cool and stuff. And then the boys were like making fun of me. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so I decided to like do it more just to like spite them, I guess. And so, uh, yeah, like I upgraded to Logic Pro, which is like the pro version of GarageBand. And, you know, you just, the thing about like music creation is like, the more you do it, the better you get. There's this theory called like the 10,000 hour theory. I could be saying this wrong, so I wouldn't quote yeah. me on this. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the 10,000 hour theory, but like, it's just to get good at something, you just have to put in those 10,000 hours and that's like how you become a, a pro at something. And so that was like basically what I was doing. I was just making song after song after song and like each song I was getting better with. And then um, I realized that I didn't really want to be like a recording artist. Like I. I had no experience performing whatsoever and I didn't really like feel drawn to the stage or anything. <laughs> um, and I, I realized that there was this thing called songwriting and producing for artists instead. Like you can just be in the background and, you know, be behind the scenes of all the work. And like, I was like, so that's an actual career. I can just be behind the scenes <laughs> and then, like somebody else can sing it. Like I was, I, I'm still like shook that that's even like a concept now. <laughs> and so like, I just, um, yeah, like I, I'm such a music nerd, 
I would go and like I would figure out all the songwriters behind every single song that was like in the top 100 charts and stuff. And um, I think in the year of 2017, while I was in high school, I saw this writer named Emily Warren. She was listed on all of like the Chainsmokers tracks and credits. And I was like, hmm, Emily Warren, like what's her story? And I, I would do this with so many writers. But then I like I traced her back to, and she went to this school called the NYU Clive Davis Institute. And so, um, yeah, I was like, what is this school? And then like more and more times, like I'd find more producers that I loved that, that were making hit songs and more songwriters that were making hit songs that I traced back to the school called the NYU Clive Davis Institute. And I was like, I have to go here. This is my dream school. So yeah, I kind of just decided that that was where I wanted to be. And um, I was really fortunate to get in. And um, now I work under um, the VP of A&R at RCA Records, and I am a songwriter producer intern for him, which is really amazing. And I get to work with some of the coolest artists ever. I have a lot of music coming out this this year, this year, yeah, this year. It's all coming out. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that was a very long backstory, but that is kind of my story. <laughs> No, 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 we love it. Like, there, feel like there's so many different like, parts of your journey that we could just break down and, like, delve into deeper. I think one of the first questions I had was, um, was, what was it like choosing a more unconventional path in comparison to the people in your environment? Did you ever find it, like, particularly difficult? Or do you just feel like that unconventional path was what came most naturally to you? Yeah, no, like, I, I, I 100% feel like it wasn't, like it, it's it still feels weird for me today and like I still deal with stuff like imposter syndrome and I just I I feel like wow is this really what I'm doing with my life because as as a kid I was kind of always told what success would look like and um as a kid I personally was just told like it would be like a career as a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or something mm -hmm. like that that's what I was told and so I had no idea like as a five-year-old kid that music production or songwriting <laughs> was even like a, a career option but um I I do like um like I, I don't think it came like very naturally to me like I I was very embarrassed about my songs whenever I first started writing them to be honest like I didn't want to share it with anyone I thought like I was weird and it was super cringy and cheesy and um I wasn't good enough but I think like I think my love for music just like overpowered it. And I think the more, you, I think it just comes with growing up. Like you just, the more you grow up, the more you realize that it's not gonna make you happy to just please everyone else in the world. So, and if something really makes you happy, then you should just keep doing it. So that's that's like what I keep telling myself now. Like I'm, I'm fortunate to do it. Like I, I try to see it in a very positive light. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I got the privilege to do this. Like it makes me happy. and a lot of people unfortunately don't get that chance. So um, that's how I try to see it now, instead of like trying to look at like, yeah, people wouldn't, a lot of people don't agree with my choice in career, but yeah, I, no, I think it's something that I, do, I deal with every day. And I, I think anybody who does anything entrepreneurial, not just like music, anything that requires them to take initiative and um, kind of break a mold in any way, like would probably feel the same way too. Cause there, like, there is a lot of like judgment and stigma surrounding it, but um, yeah, I think there's this quote from uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the Apple commercial, from like um, it's 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 like from their campaign and it was called like the Think Differently campaign, but oh, yeah. it was before they yeah it was before they launched their first MacBooks, 
but um they had like this slogan in there not not really slogan but like they just they had a quote in there a line in there that was like um this here's to the crazy people here's to the visionary mm -hmm. like that was what the commercial was about and then there was this line and it goes like um the people who think they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who change the world so uh yeah i try i try to i strive to live by that really <laughs> and do something different because yeah if you're different then at least you have a shot in changing the world i guess that is so powerful and i think the fact that you are in just such an interesting space and also space that like i think a lot of people are realizing is very very cool and just very much so like I think even the fact that you didn't even know that you could write songs and other people could sing them and you sort of discovered that for yourself is like that's really cool because I think a lot of people think that their options are limited to like what they know rather than you know sort of going out and exploring okay like I'm really interested in songwriting but look like I don't really want to be the singer but you I think you're the fact that you're able to like sort of find that like pathway for yourself is really powerful um, and I think even the fact that you were able to like you know go trace back all of these people to this school and like actually strive and search for those opportunities yourself is something like I think a lot of people might relate with but a lot of people also don't relate with I think a lot of people just you know think that whatever is sort of presented in front of them are the options they have and the options that they can take so I think it is powerful that you're able to go like search for that yourself yeah, yeah. there's yeah. that quote that's like when an opportunity doesn't knock build your own door or something <laughs> and what you're saying kind of reminds me of that that quote yeah, and it really reminds me of also just finding like third doors, right? You don't always have to take the door that's like right in front of you. Like, where's that back door to like get into like the place you want to be? I mean, because like, for example, like I've never heard of NYU's um, Clive and Davis Institute, right? I've never heard of that before, but I feel like that's an opportunity that you built for yourself. Like you like figured out like where you wanted to go and you just like just broke it down to like what your next step would be. And I feel like, like Monacy was saying, like the most common thing is to just take the careers that are like almost handed to you. Like, for example, like not having a music production class, like a coding class or something would like be an excuse to never explore those things or to never pursue them, right? Because it's not offered. But I think this like concept of like taking initiative um, and really pursuing your desires like relentlessly is something that's like really powerful for just like anybody um, who's trying to take a more unconventional path. And I really love that you mentioned the Steve Jobs quote about mm -hmm. the people that are crazy enough <laughs> to do. Because I feel like um, for me and Monty particularly, uh, I definitely think there are people out there who think we're crazy, like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we're crazy. Like our friends follow, will be like, like the norms. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, friends, what are you doing? <laughs> They'll look at us and be like, what are you doing in your room all day? Like, I literally have no clue. <laughs> what are you doing? Do like, yeah. oh, you have a secret side hustle? Or, like, why are you not, like, a little bit. You know, hanging out with us every day and everything? And, like, again, I, like, I love my friends and stuff. But, like I'm saying, like, they definitely think we're crazy to some extent. But the thing is, like, um, like this, like, form of insanity, if you want to call it that, um, like, it's actually something that would, like, lead to, like, a potential outcome, right? So, like, one of the things that we do as part of our program is to, like, tackle and, like, 
uh, understand some of the world's biggest problems. And one discussion that we had is that um, it's very, I guess you could say egotistical of us as teenagers to think that we could solve these problems with like yeah. zero expertise in life mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. There are people who have been like spending decades on this stuff and they like, have made no progress. But it's this type of like insanity and like naivety um, that actually like allows us to accomplish these problems because since we're so crazy, we'll actually try and tackle it versus somebody who is like more cynical or like has a more realistic view of like what can be accomplished wouldn't even try to make the progress. So, I, that's um what that quote reminds me most of yeah exactly yeah. the power of imagination like you guys are here making a podcast at 16 years old I don't think <laughs> I don't think in a lot of people or even creating a website at 16 like yeah most 16 year olds aren't doing that like which is awesome but um yeah yeah I think just like adding on to that um I feel like it's just like it's so you know naive of, of I guess a lot of teenagers so just like go and sort of explore that for themselves but I think it's also just like a lot of people can sort of like form blockers for themselves that weren't Mm -hmm. even there but it's more so like I think society sort of helps us form those blockers and I think when you're able to like sort of tune out what other people are telling you and like genuinely listen to what you want I think it's so much easier to pursue what you want and actually listen to what you want rather than to listen to those blockers right Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think Swalia made a really good point and I also had a question I want to ask that goes back a little bit to what you were talking about earlier um, is I know you were just like involved in a lot of different things in high school. And I know like music wasn't like sort of like the forefront of who you were, like it was sort of yeah. just like in the background. Um, and I, you know, even just like looking at some of your experience, like you seem like a very technical person. But I think the fact that you're able to take that through like such a creative lens is really interesting to me because I think a lot of people are maybe the other way around where they're just super creative, but then they're like, no, I have to be technical. And then they just like go dive into this world of like being technical and like working at tech companies and all of this. And they never really have the chance to pursue their creativity and their interests. But I think you've done such a good job of like integrating your, you know, technical experience or like anything you know about tech and any of that stuff into what you're doing in a very creative lens, right? And I, I'm just curious to hear sort of like what that progression looked like. Um, and maybe sort of that transition of like realizing that you didn't have to be super technical, like you could be just a creative person. Wow, like that's that's a really, really great topic to bring up because like it's something I, I actually think about a lot. Um, my upbringing, like kind of like you said, I, I, I grew up competitive swimming. I grew up like participating in ma- like math competitions, spelling competitions, um, doing taking all these AP classes, doing all these extracurriculars, very like academic heavy um my schedule was like booked I woke up at 5 30 a.m went to bed like super late at night and like not that I'm glorifying that lifestyle because yeah there's but I'm, I'm just saying like this is kind of how I I grew up mm-hmm. and I, I grew up really but like the thing is like I I'm glad I'm really really glad that I had that upbringing and I, I'm glad that music wasn't um what I got to do like 24 7 as a kid because now like a I appreciate it so much more like now that I get to do it I'm just like this is fun like you you think this is work like this is so much fun but like two um like the balance between creativity and discipline is like it's just so important to have the balance between discipline and creativity and all the competitive swimming stuff all the academic stuff that I did as a kid that like built me as a disciplined person, like as somebody who can like wake up at the same time every day, um, make sure that I get everything done on my to-do list every single day. Like, 
and that's really hard to balance sometimes when you're a creative person and you have ideas 24 7 and you're in the middle of a project working and you're like wait 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 I have this idea like I want to start a new project and um that like upbringing has given me the discipline to be like no I have to finish this today and I'll write this idea down for tomorrow but um yeah it's 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 a it's a balance that I'm really like grateful to have right now because I yeah like I I grew up thinking like wow wow like I want to do music like how is this stuff even gonna ever help me like how is taking AP Physics C in high school even now <laughs> in like music production and like I was right to an extent like no I am not deciphering the flux flux of a charged spear whenever I, like I'm I'm doing music or whatever but like the what it really taught me was like how to focus on things and do the things that I don't want to do just so that um like because you have to you always have to do some things that you don't want to do in life like you've got to do like the busy things like you got to do your dishes you got to finish this project that you might not really like but um you have a due date for it so you have to finish it and there's a lot of technical things in music like I'm balancing levels and I am uh, equalizing frequencies and I am like doing all this super technical stuff while I'm doing music but I don't I don't see that as annoying really anymore because I've kind of been like a yeah I've, I've done things like AP Physics C before in my life so yeah like it's, it's a really great like topic you bring up because I know like a lot of creators struggle with like the whole discipline thing because our imaginations are just like crazy wild going everywhere but um yeah my upbringing all of that stuff really helped and I'm, I'm actually really grateful for the extracurriculars I did as a kid even though like they didn't None of like the actual content really translate translated into what I do now, but that actually is so powerful. I, I resonate with that a lot just because I think like I am sort of in that position. I know Swalia is as well. And as are a lot of high schoolers, right? Of like waking up at the same time every day and like taking AP physics yeah. and doing all of these like very difficult things. Um, and it just takes so much discipline, I think, in doing that and like you know, continuing to do that for four years, it's like you're almost lowering the barrier to entry of doing the things you don't necessarily want to be doing. But I think it's also, you know, I think you realize what you actually care about when you're in such yeah. a pressure cooker <laughs> environment for four years. Um, and I think the fact that you've looked at it not as like a negative thing, like not as like, oh, I wasn't able to focus on music, but as a positive and like looking at how it's helped you sort of look in where you are right now. I think that's actually really cool because I think a lot of people are sort of like, yeah, I hate who I was in high school and like high school sucked and I'm not going to relive that. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard, but I think like, there I, are like hard parts of it though. Like I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to dismiss that. Like the other things that nobody wanted to do in high school that we did, but yeah. 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 No, but I think at the same time, it's like a holistically looking at it and just looking at like the skills you gain from it is actually very nice because I don't think I'll do a lot of the things, you know, I'm doing right now when I'm older, but I think that there's a lot of skills I've learned just mm -hmm. being in high school and also being in this program with Swalia and, you know, working on cool projects like this that I'm like, you know, I know I'm going to be consistent with these. I know that these are going to teach me skills that I'm going to sort of deploy in future projects. And so I think that sort of like reassurance is really nice. Yeah, that's amazing. Are you guys in the AP bubble right now? With the, yeah. yeah, I know Swalia actually does dual enrollment, which is yeah. really cool. <laughs> I'm actually, oh, yeah, that's also. <laughs> yeah, actually like unique in the sense of, 
I go to an early college high school, um, so I'm really lucky that I don't have to spend my days in a high school building anymore. I spend my days in a community <laughs> college, and I can tell you that spending my days in a community college is like, like significantly better than being in a high school building. So um, oh, wow. okay. I think I definitely <laughs> you got the um, yeah learned a lot from just even being in a different environment in comparison to being in a high school building. Like, it seems like I'm learning basically the same content, but I think um, one thing that stands out about my program is that it's a different form of like independence and like self-regulation. So for example, like at high school, like you have all your classes at the same time, you have bells like mm-hmm. always reminding you when to, when to be on time and everything. You have like a high amount of like, uh, like pressure and reminders and everything, which is like at the college level, it's like really on you. Like you can leave whenever, like you can miss a class, like professors aren't <laughs> going to like hunt you down or anything. Like it's your responsibility. If you miss like an exam, like they're not going to give you a makeup exam like they would in high school. So I feel like uh, like that different expectation is also really valuable lessons I really like that you mentioned just like different lessons that you got out of the school system because like our tendency as students is to complain about some and there are like yeah. many things yeah. that are I, I'm guilty about. of it I complain yeah. all yeah. no I definitely <laughs> think there are so many issues that like definitely need to be addressed and need to be like um emphasized on I don't think it's like invalid for us to like list our complaints but I think it's also valuable to think about what things did we actually gain from being here for four years I feel like it's always good to have like a holistic view on your experiences and I really like that like ability to be able to look at like the silver lining um and look at like the positives uh, because I think a few things are usually like extreme in the sense that like they're completely horrible or like uh completely beneficial right and I think that aspect of also discipline is also really important because I remember reading about how just like in like from a college standpoint this is just something like I read there's not actually like concrete evidence to it I think but it's like colleges really appreciate like musicians and athletes yeah. and it's because they're so disciplined right mm-hmm. um and it's because of that discipline like it shows that they would succeed in like whatever classes that they take or whatever they choose to pursue at the university level so I find that really interesting how far and how important just having discipline is for any area of life that you choose to pursue yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome that like, even though you're having a different experience in high school, like you're still, you're, you're able to even like compare that to the high school environment and be like, oh, well, this is what I'm learning from it differently from the high school environment, which is awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure that's like going to come in handy, like being able to be your own mom, like <laughs> in, in, um, in high school, like in college. Cause yeah, like now that in college, like nobody's telling me to go, like, I have to go to class and like, I have to, mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. Like, you know, but all of it is all gonna help <laughs> when you get to college so that's awesome to hear yeah okay I think shifting topics a little bit I really want to talk more about just like your work in music right now just because I think it's so interesting and just like the variety of work you do and also the type of work you do just because I'm not super familiar with the sort of like industry I don't know if Swalia is either I'm and I'm definitely sure not, but it's <laughs> so fascinating like yeah what it's interesting yeah I think even just like I'm curious to hear like what your day-to-day life looks like and sort of like do you have this like sort of schedule or routine and like the work you sort of do or like what does it look like what what what's sort of like the breakdown of what your day-to-day life looks like just because I'm curious to hear um so since I'm a college student I think that my day would look a little bit different compared to a just songwriter producer that in the industry just working who didn't have to go to college because I I do have to go to classes I do have to get homework done I got to do projects I got to write essays so um yeah like I I feel like I I hope this is a helpful answer but every single day is different Mm -hmm. every single day is different like um 
starting with like my schedule for courses like the way that college is structured is like it's one like a, you 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 meet once a week for each course. So it's kind of like every every day of the week just has a different schedule in general. But um, whenever it comes to sessions and stuff, like, I mean, I'm always getting in the studio with, with people. Like I, I try to have at least like, do like at least two songs per week. That's kind of like my goal and how I fit that in. Like it, it depends on the other artists timing, like what works for them. So it's really, it's very, very different every single day. Um, the thing that just keeps me grounded is my calendar and my to-do list for each day and um, my list of deliverables and um, every single like I kind of I kind of plan for every day like the night before really like I, I go through all my deliverables figure out what I need to get done like the next day and um, yeah like that's how I kind of execute it like I, I really have to take it day by day because things in the music industry move so fast like um, somebody will ask be like oh I'm in New York for the next two days and they'll text me the day they get into New York and so <laughs> I'm just like okay I gotta gotta figure something out like move things around my schedule um, so and yeah like deadlines are also weird too because you know like um, if a label wants something done by a certain day or an artist wants something done by a certain day like it doesn't matter whether you think it's done or not you just need to get it done like you can always do more work on something but if the label wants it like on a certain day like you just got to turn it in at that point like it's it's done that's what's done <laughs> so um yeah it's, it's it's really interesting because it's like yeah it's it's I wish there was more structure because I've grown up with a lot more structure in my life but I realized that I work in an industry where things happen very fast, things are changing very fast, trends are changing very fast. Um, mm -hmm. People are moving across the country on tour very fast. So um, yeah, I think things are always really put together last minute in this industry. And I've, I'm still learning to like accept it and be okay with it and be okay with the changing, shifting lifestyle every single day. But um, yeah, it's definitely not the most consistent. Actually, it's mm -hmm. not very at all so yeah. I'll say that <laughs> that's very cool I think just sort of that shift from like a very disciplined lifestyle to one that's like always moving and always trying to figure things out and work with other people and I wonder like sort of how um you know that proactivity like how that shift was for you just because I think um you know I live in a very structured environment as do a lot of people and I think just making that shift like what did that sort of look like in the beginning like how did you sort of like get accustomed to that um, and also I'm curious to hear like how I, I know you're talking like trends and like patterns and stuff like that and sort of like staying on top of that, especially as you are like working in songwriting and producing and things like that. Like, how do you stay on top of that trends? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, so I, I guess I'll answer your second question first, but uh, for trends and stuff, um, I I naturally like because I'm 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 lucky because I'm very very interested in like the top songs all the time and what's going on on the charts and I'm constantly checking the charts so like I like it doesn't really feel like I have to do research for the trends like I kind of just know because like I I it's kind of like some people read the newspaper every day like for yeah. me it's, I look at the charts every day and I look at what's going viral every day like kind of thing like it's that's kind of how how I look at it and also a lot of the music industry like in the last two years it's been a very interesting shift but it's very TikTok focused and based mm -hmm. on like what's trending on TikTok which sounds are trending on TikTok so um yeah like even just getting on Instagram and looking through reels or getting on TikTok and looking through like the popular sounds that uh Dixie D'Amelio is using or whatever <laughs> like doing that like stuff and I it's it's hard because like you have to 
it's you're just consuming media a lot of times to stay on trend stay on top of trends but um like yeah it's a hard balance because like sometimes media can like affect your mental health and stuff but um you know like i i go into it whenever i'm looking on tiktok around it sounds i go into it being like no this is for research purposes only <laughs> this is not for entertainment like and so that's kind of how i'm trying not to get addicted or like let it affect my mental health which is very very easy to let it sometimes so uh yeah like staying on top of trends is really just like something that i've always like i've been doing this since like i was kind of in high school like whenever I was googling who the writers were behind every single song like it's just doing the research behind all the new sets coming up and I, I think it's applicable to any field not just music like if you are in business just reading the Wall Street Journal every day like mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just figuring out like what news in your industry is the most relevant like for even for mine like it's reading like music business worldwide every day but that, I guess that's more on the business side but um yeah that's that's how I do it and I know that I can definitely be better at it though and I can definitely read music business worldwide every day like I say so um it's a work in progress I guess too and then what was your first question I think I was just asking sort of like with that shift from a very disciplined environment to something where you're just like you know constantly running around and like you have different schedules every single day like what did that shift sort of look like for you um it's it's hard I'm I yeah it's it's still like kind of weird to me too like it's really weird to me that like sometimes yeah like it things just happen super fast and like sessions happen r randomly like you're just talking to someone and they're like hey you want to just get in the studio right now and like write a song and then you realize like oh this person's only in new york for today so like yeah. <laughs> i guess we'll just do it right now kind of thing so um yeah it's kind of being flexible and uh yeah it's it's, it's a work in progress for me. I'm getting, I guess I'm getting better at it. I don't, I, don't, I, I think it's definitely something that is very outside my comfort zone, not what I'm used to. But um, I realized like it's kind of a necessity to be able to adapt to changing environments and changing schedules. And yeah, just being adaptable and flexible is just, it's kind of a skill that I'm trying to work on building right now because yeah, I, I can I can be better at it, but um, it's been a hard transition to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, so a follow-up question I have is, like, you mentioned that you look at trends, like, what is, like, what's charting, um, or what's on TikTok, or what's in the media, and I was curious, what about global music trends? Is that something you draw inspiration from, or do you ever look at charts um, from different mm. countries, or what do you think of that? Like, how has globalization also influenced the way uh, trends in music are moving towards? Um, so that's actually something I could be better at, like looking at the global charts every single day. But I mean, I can just from like the I mean, I, I look at viral trends worldwide in general, but I, I don't look at country specific as much. But I, I probably should do that more. But it, it's just interesting how K-pop has kind of moved into even Middle Eastern markets and then um, how K-pop has moved into like our markets, like BTS, like the rise and success of BTS. Like That's pretty wild to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. trying to think more. What what else for globalization? I mean, um, Latin music has just been a, a huge thing in at least the last 10 years from what I've seen getting into the charts. Uh, hmm. I, I, I honestly, I wish it influenced me more, but I'm in a space of just pop and pop country. So uh, like, I, I guess not too much of my inspiration would come from K-pop or Latin 
Latinx music. I think maybe whenever it comes to like drum sounds, I think K-pop drums and a lot of K-pop production sounds have really translated into a lot of dance pop music in the US. So there's that and there's that that like the K-pop the sounds at least like that they're using in their drum samples like that that has been influencing the way that I create pop music now. But um yeah, I think I don't think Latin music has had as much of an impact on the music that I make personally, but I do know that it's it's definitely like a huge market that so many people are focusing on now uh you know, the whole Encanto soundtrack that from Disney that just yeah. kind of blew up, like it had a lot of Latin music influence on it too. So yeah, it's it's just being aware of it. I think, yeah, in my, in my space, like I haven't seen the need to incorporate too much of like um, global influences on my music, but it's something I'm open to. And, you know, my professors always tell me in school that I need to be more experimental. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I, sh I should. So thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually I, so cool. Just like, the, I, I don't know. I feel like you're almost like hacking music in a sense, which is just like so funny to me, like just looking at like sort of different like samples from all over the world, like BTS mm -hmm. and like stuff like that. And also like just searching for patterns and like looking at how you can incorporate those patterns and like different aspects of your music. And also thinking about music like in a multi-layered perspective where it's not just like one soundtrack, but there's like so many different layers. Um, and how you're able to like, you know, take influence from other soundtracks and influence from sort of different trends and incorporate that even in smaller ways, but just like those patterns yeah. and sort of use that to like, I don't know, like build up your music. And I think that is so cool. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, like I'm always trying to get better. I'm always, yeah, I'm always working on, yeah, the getting, incorporating trends into my music. But, um, you know, I, I work for an A&R at RCA and he always kind of tells me that, um you know, the trends kind of always come around. So it's it's not as important to make music that you think is trendy at the moment. Like it's more important to try to set the trend. Um, so like, like I, I try to take that into consideration too while I work on music because um, yeah, like I, sometimes like my taste in music is a little different from, very different from what's on the charts. And sometimes maybe I should just be working on music that I think is good, that I believe in because like it's you never know what next year's trend is going to be like no one saw TikTok being this big of an influence on the music industry like no one saw Old Town Road by Lil Nas X blowing up like no one really could I guess like I, I know there's like AI going on trying to predict hit songs and stuff but at least right now like a lot of stuff isn't predictable for like what goes viral it depends on a lot of different factors so um yeah, and, and people get tired of things fast. That's another thing. Like, people have pretty short attention spans when, are, when it comes to trends. So, yeah, like, I, I try to also keep in mind, like, as important as it is to keep up with these trends and try to incorporate it, it's also really important to do something different and do something I believe in, like, personally. So, yeah, it's – there's a lot to think about whenever making music. Yeah, and something I was curious about is, like, what specifically do you think inspires you when you're listening to music or listening to sounds and stuff? Because one thing I think about is that there's this K-pop band I absolutely love. They're called Seventeen. Um, one oh, of the members yeah. is the producer, um, and he's he's an incredible producer. He has like dozens oh, of okay. um, songs okay. under his name. I think he's the youngest person to have um, a certain number of songs under like the Korean government. Something like he broke a record, which is super cool. But one of his um, 
like outlooks on him producing music was that he's always looking for something that's like not been done he's like looking like if you know when you're looking for trends he's looking at the opposite like what's not trendy what's not happening in this space right now so one of 17's most recent albums was actually like punk rock and punk rock is not something that's happening in the k-pop space at all but that's exactly why he chose to do that album and so that's basically one of his like beliefs or outlooks for innovating in the k-pop space i was curious like um what does innovating in the music industry mean to you and like does that how does that relate to like what music inspires you and things along those lines um i think it's i I think it's really interesting i had this teacher he actually taught me a push in high school but um he told me that creativity is most inspired like you can ignite the most creativity when you have limitations on um in guidelines around things like if you just give like a child a blank piece of paper versus if you say like okay you have to use the colors only the colors red brown and green um and on your piece of paper like it ignites more creativity the more limitations you give which is really really interesting to me because that's kind of how i approach music um i'm a i'm a very str- like a structured person when, when it comes to songs like i write pop music i write pop country music there's a lot of rules in that stuff like on how things should be structured but i think that actually makes me more creative because um country music tends to talk about a lot of the same topics so does pop music Uh, a lot of the topics tend to be heartbreak and relationships and all that good stuff but um being able to say something in a way that's never been said before in the topic of relationships heartbreak and stuff like that's what kind of i i I try i I try to aspire for like I, i try to do i try to say it in a way that has never been said before um like a really great example of this is uh do you know the song break even by the script i do not don't break even even okay well it's it's this very like popular song that was like in really popular in the 2000s and it was called break even by the script and um he he was just talking about a breakup and uh the line goes like when a heart breaks no it don't break even and um like that just means like somebody always has the worst end of it and somebody has the better end of a breakup like breakups aren't just like both people feel equally bad at the end so um i I just thought like i think that's a really genius way of putting a breakup into like into lyrics that have never been said before it's never been said in that way before so um like he i think that he was very creative like yeah he wrote a song about a breakup song and everybody writes breakup songs but he the the writer of that like kind of just said it in a way that's never been said before so like i'm always really trying to say things that have never like maybe not the topic has never been talked about before but the way it's been said has never been said in that way before if i'm making any sense with what i'm saying here but uh yeah like that's kind of like um that's what inspires me and like whenever i i listen to a song like break even by the script i'm like wow that's i've that's I've never heard it been put that way before. Uh, Better Man by Taylor Swift, like where she, you know, like I, I don't know if you guys are Swifties. I'm a huge Swift Swifty fan, but like, whenever she's like, it it it's just talking about like how like she misses him, but she wishes he was a better man. Mm-hmm. Like I I think like a lot of people have felt that way before, but it's never really been put into a song before. So uh, yeah, like it's. Uh, there are a lot of songs that inspire me. I listen to tons of music, but um, that's what I always try to strive for. I, I try to put 
something into words that has never been said in a specific way before. Yeah, I really, really find that interesting. I think the concept that you're referring to, like the quote that I know, it's that um, that necessity is the mother of invention. So like when you have constraints, like it'll drive more innovation, right? Because you're just limited and you have no other options. So I find it really interesting, like the way that you view it um, is putting it into like taking something that already exists and um, having a new perspective or like phrasing it in a different way. And um, I know No Man is an Island by the script. I don't know Break Even by the script, but I still think they're a really cool band. Yeah, they're awesome. (laughs) All their work is amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, all of this early 2000 bands are huge influences on my music for like sure. the, script, the fray um yeah the a and r i work for actually signed the fray when like i'm a huge fan of the fray so i'm always nerding out whenever i go into a studio and there's like the fray stuff everywhere <laughs> but uh yeah it's i think you, you you've actually probably said it better than i did with what what was the quote necessity is the mother of invention the mother invention yeah mm-hmm. you probably said that better than i did but that's yeah that's what i was trying to get at no you first did great did you want to yeah. add anything you want to see yes i did i think that's so interesting because i think even just looking at like what you do holistically it's not like just i think i think people think of it as like just music you know when you're in sort of this industry is like you're just thinking about the music and like the tempo and like the you know beat or you know the notes you're playing or the type of song it is but I think there's so much to be said for like the songwriting and what actually goes into like the lyrics and sort of the message you're sort of transmitting and I think that's such a cool concept of like how your limitations sort of like breed creativity and innovation because I think that almost seems like counterintuitive right like you think like the more free space you have and the more like sort of freedom you have the more you can do but it's also like you know, the more constrained you are, I think the more aware you are of like what you can and can't do. And so it sort of pushes you to be able to like break that barrier. And you're almost like more driven to say, no, like I can still make this cool, even though I'm still using like red, you know, green and brown crayons. Like, no, I can still make a cool drawing. Um, And you sort of think, you start thinking about like, how can I combine colors or like, you know, go outside of the bounds and things like that. And I think that's so interesting and how that applies to your work, just because I've never really thought that much about song lyrics. Like I think sometimes I'll find song lyrics that like really resonate with me and I'll sort of like, just keep sing- like listening to those songs, but I'm not yeah. consciously aware of why those lyrics resonate with with me. And I think it's really interesting to hear your perspective of like, no, like they resonate because they're, you know, saying a message that hasn't been said before. And even thinking about like a lot of Taylor Swift's music, cause I think her music is amazing as well. Yeah, but Swifties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, just listening to her music. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, just saying, to, uh, just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, just listening to her music as well. Um, I think Taylor Swift is someone I almost like automatically think of when I think of someone who's like saying things a lot of people are feeling, but like there oh, aren't a lot of songs yeah. that sort of like say the messages that she's sort of transmitting. Like I think there's a lot of Taylor Swift songs that are like so Taylor Swift that you can like listen to Taylor Swift lyrics and you just like know it's her just because of the way she puts things. It's so mm-hmm. powerful. Um, and so I, I, I don't know, I love that concept so much of like, you know, you have these limitations of like, yeah, you're sort of writing in a certain like topic of like heartbreak and love and stuff, but you still have all of this creativity and all of the different ways that you can, you know, tr- transmit that emotion. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there are, I don't know, there, there's just like infinite possibilities when, even with the limitations and yeah, that actually, I, I think it, I, I had this assignment um, in my songwriting class last semester and um, we had to write a song in an exact key, uh, in an exact BPM, the tempo. We had to 
we all the song had to be titled I love you and in the chorus it had to say I love you <laughs> and um yeah like we had to make it as pop quote-unquote pop as possible and that was just I'm, I'm pretty sure there were more limitations on it too but like that was one of the best assignments I've ever gotten and I like I I loved that assignment because my I love you song like I felt like I got to be so creative with it I'm like how do I make a good song that's called I love you <laughs> yeah like the most generic thing in the world I mean, <laughs> and Billie i have eilish. to make it in this key <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say i just think of billy eilish's song when you see that yeah yeah, yeah it's like, like a really good song too right so it's exactly. so easy to see um like because i have like monica has mentioned before like when you think of like generic concerts it's usually like oh it's already been done why should i still do mm-hmm. it and i think we had this conversation actually with um mm-hmm. another one of our guests somia uh just about how even if a market is already saturated quote unquote yeah. now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't um doesn't mean like a company still isn't viable right it doesn't yeah. mean you can't take something that already exists and put it into a new way and still make something that's like valuable or beneficial but i think another mm-hmm. question i had is this along the same theme is like how do you view music as like a form of storytelling and how do you decide like what message to convey and how would you can compare it to like other forms of like creating like just songwriting or like poetry or like writing like non or fictional pieces and things like that wow well this like this goes into it's 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 being in music is actually a very interesting thing because um it's kind of like the lines get blurred between who I am as a person and who I am as an artist. Uh, so like a, a lot of my personal life and who I am as a person affects me as a writer and a producer. Um, but how, how do I view it? Well, I think that for me, I, I think that sometimes I get a little bit frustrated with uh, the era of TikTok. I'll, I'll be very transparent about this, but like I think that sometimes the whole concept of storytelling, it gets lost because your your 10 second clip of your song goes viral and you can't really tell a story in 10, five to 10 seconds so, in the song. So, but I, I really, really value the art of storytelling, like artists like Lord, Taylor Swift, Julia Michaels. That's why I, I actually love country music because they, they're, they're kind of all stories. Like there's a storyline behind a lot of country songs but I, I really value the art of storytelling because um this goes into who I am as a person I think that I'm a very hypersensitive person like I, I feel things very intensely uh whether it's like friendships personal any personal relationships in general like family relationships anything like I feel emotions very very intensely and um I like I, I have all these feelings inside me and I I, I just want to take like the feeling that I feel this is this is like how I want to make music I, I want to take the what I'm feeling right now and I want to have somebody else when they listen to my song feel the exact same way that I'm feeling like it's songwriting songwriting is and production is a lot it has a lot to do with communication and um how you can communicate your message and that's like an art in itself so uh yeah like that's really like what I dedicate my craft to taking these feelings that I feel like inside of me and then being able to translate that to someone else and convey that message in the form of rhyming lyrics and sounds so yeah like there's just a lot that goes into it and i truly believe that to do that sort of thing to be able to convey emotions you have to really feel things that feel things yourself while you're creating it you have to let it all out like music is energy some songs make you dance because they have 
some sort of energy in them. They're translating energy to you. So um, that's why I truly believe like while I'm creating, I need to add an element of en energy to it. It's so, like, yes, technically I can do all the technical things right in a song. I can make sure that it has three choruses, two verses, one bridge. Like I can do all the technical things right. But if it doesn't come from a place of it, it, if it doesn't come up, come from a authentic place of energy inside of me, then it's, I don't think it's going to be as impactful as a song that like comes from a place of authentic energy. I love that so, so, so much. I hope I explained that well. No, that, <laughs> that was, was really good. That was so good. Like one thing I really like that you mentioned is almost like you're putting like a piece of yourself into like mm -hmm. everything, every product you work on, every like lyric that you write, every sound that you produce. And another thing that I really liked was that you mentioned how music is um, like the way you view it as like a transfer of emotion. And I feel like yeah. this concept of music being a transfer of emotion it's just like what makes music so mag magical so like for me I'm like okay. music can just like change my emotional state like I'll feel like static like zero like if like a heart rate monitor was like beeping it'd be like just flatlining right like that the, I like feel those moments sometimes but, like I'll play a song. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play a song and like my just emotional state will like completely change like it's so mm -hmm. crazy the influence and power music has to change yeah. your emotional stand again I feel like that's what makes it so powerful and that's what draws people to music so much and I really like um I don't think I'll ever ever get over um this magical element of music and I even just that's like amazing. from like a, a more like yeah. neuroscience perspective uh, one thing that's um known in neuroscience is like for example like dementia patients um they'll forget everything but if you play a song um from like their past like they will remember like the song word for word and they'll be able yeah. to like, sing it and everything it'll be like on beat and as soon as the song is over like they won't be able to like answer anything else but I just find it so fascinating like of all the things that the human brain is able to remember it's like a song and it's just that like different form of communication and just information transfer I just like find it so 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 fascinating it is really yeah. really fascinating like the way it works but yeah, like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that I like I'm I'm not the only one who feels this way about music. Like I'm just like, how does it not affect you when you listen to a Taylor Swift song? Like some people will be yeah. like, I don't care, and I'm like, how do you not care? <laughs> but like that's that's amazing. Like who are your top artists that you listen to? Oh, for me, um, seventeen. Oh my god, I can like. <laughs> I'm gonna, I can them all the time. Yes, I can write like an actual essay on like how much I love seventeen. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go listen. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely check them out. The cool thing about them is that um, they're like always reinventing. So like every like no album is the same. Like. And that's the thing that I think that really makes me love them just as a listener is that even though mm -hmm. like I've been listening to them for like what six years now um I'm still just as huge of a fan as I was when I first got hooked on them and it's because they're always changing and always taking on a different genre always doing things differently and like just that aspect of like innovation and um like them striving for growth and the work that they produce I think that really makes me have a deeper appreciation for them and uh, another artist that I really love uh, is a Malaysian artist called Yuna uh, I think it just her like um her songs are just like 
very unique and I just love like the unique sound that she has and I think I just like resonate with them that I haven't um with like in comparison to mainstream pop and I think um I like these like more (laughs) unique um sounds and just like I feel like she's just a unique voice in the music industry like I can't think of any other like Malaysian artists that are like mainstream in pop and she actually did like a cover with Usher um which was super super cool (laughs) yeah so I think those would be my top two artists what about you Manasi? oh my gosh okay well I'm not as big I've, I've started listening to 17 because Swalia talks about them all the time and I was like okay and they're very good they're very good but I don't know I've always listened to just like a lot of pop music and I think recently I've sort of been like diversifying my music taste I don't know why but I've been listening to so much rock music and oh, also like funny. rock from different countries like Italian rock is so good I yeah, don't know why. Interesting. <laughs> I know. I don't know what any of it means. I have no idea, but it's just like the energy is so present. And I think, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, I love that I can't understand the lyrics just because I'm like paying attention to like the beat and stuff. And I, I think I get less distracted like when I'm working and stuff and I'm playing music and I like, don't understand what they're saying. Um, so yeah, I listen to, I've been listening to a lot of rock and I've also been listening to a lot of Bollywood music. I don't know why. Okay, I've awesome. never listened to Bollywood music in my life, but. I've started recently and that's been it's been very fun as well. Yeah, no, Bollywood music is is really lit. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you? I'm curious to hear like yeah, who your top artists are. Yeah, like oh like, I like the hardest question to ask any like <laughs> producer ever, but um I think like hmm, if I really had to narrow it down to my top 3 artists, like top 4 artists. I would go, yeah, because like I can't do three. Apparently. <laughs> so, um, I would go Lord, Julia Michaels, Taylor Swift, and Maisie Peters. Um, and what what's in common with all of them is their storytelling, uh, and their structure with the storytelling. So I I think like even if you listen to any of my songs, you could probably really see those influences in there. Uh, but I I do like I I really listen to like anything I can get my hands on like I I go to school with a bunch of rappers and people <laughs> who do R&B so like yeah they're showing me all these jazz songs and I'm listening to like all these rap songs Jay Dilla like 90s rap like I'm 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 in New York so I'm constantly like surrounded by a lot of different cultures and stuff but like I mean I listen to that because like uh, people are always recommending it to me and I always think that like it's very important to be open-minded but you know, for fun, whenever I'm in my room and I'm feeling all emo and emotional, like, you know, Taylor Swift, Lord, <laughs> Maisie are my go-tos. So, yeah. And I, I do, I'm, I'm, I'm very, like, influenced by the music that I grew up listening to that was on the radio because that's really, back whenever I was six years old, like, the, the only music access I really had was the radio. And so that's Kelly Clarkson, um, One Republic, The Fray, The Script, all these these bands that used a lot of guitars and uh mm-hmm. sort of acoustic elements and you know like a yeah singer songwriter stuff too a lot too so like that that actually has influenced a lot of my productions um guitars i use that a lot even though i don't even play guitar but i just love the sound of guitars so much that i use them on like almost every song i have yeah guitars are powerful actually i had this experience this year where my brother actually plays guitar. He's like nine. He's pretty young, but he actually reminds me of you just because 
plays like a lot of different instruments and he also has perfect pitch and I'm like why are you so talented like you're nine years old I don't understand that's why that's awesome though um, yeah. yeah and he's so starting cool. young <laughs> starting young starting young but I've always just sort of been like yeah guitar is cool like I hear it in bands and stuff but you know like yeah it's cool you know background music whatever but actually this year my English teacher she like writes songs as well and wow. so she brought in her guitar to class and she sang her like original songs and she like played guitar for us and it was like the most amazing thing I've ever heard because I don't think I've ever heard like just a solo guitar performance or just like someone like you know saying and like write their own song just like be so into it and like the energy was so electric and the fact that she was like willing to share her songs with us and it was just like a lot of personal stories and stuff and it was like my gosh it was like during finals week and everyone was like depressed and then we all listened to that and we were like so happy and everyone was like talking (laughs) about it but Yeah. yeah I think since then I've been listening to a lot more guitar and I just think it's so cool um it's such a powerful instrument. I am kind of sad that I like devalued it a little bit before, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was definitely like same. I never grew up learning it, and I have zero motivation to learn it because I'm out of school where we have so many guitar players. I can just, like, <laughs> yeah. call my buddy and be like, "Hey, can you play on my track?" <laughs> Instead of actually learning. But no, like I I feel the exact same way. Like I wasn't crazy fascinated with them as a kid, but now that I make music, I'm like, "Holy shit, they sound so good!" Whenever I put mm-hmm. them in, excuse my language, but yeah. No, like, I wasn't actually that much into music until I started playing the flute when I was 12. Wow. So when I started learning to play an instrument, I think that just gave me a deeper appreciation for just just being more aware of, like, the music I consumed, whether it was, like, in a TV show, like, an animated movie, or just, like, my day-to-day life. And I think it just made me, like, deeply think more about, like, what goes into these melodies like what makes them sound so good and made me like think about what do I like like what sounds do I like why did I even like choose the flute right mm-hmm. so even when I'm just like listening to a movie I'm just like I'll actually notice the soundtrack the more. Sound, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll think about like the woodwinds I'm like oh those are the woodwinds I can like pick up yeah. like, soundtracks now and it's so interesting to think how learning an instrument just like changed my perspective yeah it changes and, how your brain works like <laughs> yeah and like one thing uh, that I'm really into is just like language right and I think about like, what does it how do you define a language because like I could argue that music is its own language right like just sounds like they don't have words right but it's a form of communication like you mentioned earlier and the other thing that I really find fascinating about music is that just music across like cultures like for example I don't know any Korean but like I will resonate (laughs) with that emotion in those k-pop songs and it's just so interesting to see how as humans you don't have to know the meaning of the lyrics to like resonate with the emotion to feel that like still still have that like emotionally evocative experience and yeah. it's just also something that's like universal in the sense that you don't need to know the language you don't need to know the words mm-hmm. um to still connect with it yeah, yeah I, no, I completely agree <laughs> now I resonate with that so much I think I have been playing piano since I was like five and I've also been doing singing actually I sing like western classical music so I sing in a lot of different languages which is really really cool and it's a really interesting experience I think like having that you know that range of experience of being in choir and singing in different languages and actually like requiring me to like go and learn what like the lyrics I'm singing mean because I don't know what they mean half the time I'm like what is this Italian and then I'll like just search it up and be like okay that means like x y and z and I think even like conveying that through you know emotion is like I don't know like the language itself but it's like knowing the meaning behind the song it really helps you sort of convey that message and I think it's so so powerful um even looking at just like holistically how it comes together and I think like 
I, I think even just talking about like, you, you know, you're in songwriting and, you know, you're not necessarily the singer for like some of the tracks that you're like writing songs for, right? Um, but other people are sort of singing that music. And I think sort of you putting a piece of yourself into that, you know, song, but also other people taking that song and really interpreting, you know, where you're coming from, but also like tying in their own experiences when they're performing that. I think that's a really like powerful transition there because, you know, I don't, I can only interpret like half of this story um, when I like see a song or when I hear a song, but when I'm like performing it, you know, on piano or singing it or whatever, um, there's like another part of myself that I put into it. And it's like, yeah. sort of like, it's a whole story behind a song, right? Like it's not just one person, but there's all of these components and all of these elements of, you know, people who have worked on that song. Yeah, like all of a sudden it's like partially you too, like that song. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I think that's, I, I feel the same way whenever I'm like covering some songs just for fun on the piano. I'm like, yeah, I really feel this <laughs> while I'm doing it. The head of curiosity is like, there's this, um, um debate that people have is like what do you do like if you have a quite like a song that's in spanish like and then you translate it to english like is the meaning lost like does it like translate or spread the same message right so i was curious if you ever thought about just like songs that are translated into different languages hmm. well, authentic. Yeah. well I, I don't i don't have to like I, i've never done that before actually like i've never had to translate a song or i've never I only speak English so um yeah like I've never had to write a song in a language besides English but I mean I've worked with Swedish writers and producers who write a lot of their songs in um Swedish but the way like some songwriting works is like another component of songwriting is like if the words sing well and mm. uh like if they they rhyme in the language that they're using so like I, I know like a lot of times like if somebody tells them to just rewrite the song in English they'll be like no this is supposed to be in Swedish <laughs> like yeah. this is like that's how this song sings and that's like how the vowels roll off the tongue so like that's about how much I know about translating songs but I, I do know like sometimes the language that it was written in is the language it's supposed to be in so I think yeah but like again not everyone would understand it so yeah <laughs> Makes sense, makes sense, yeah. So I had something else that was really interesting to me. So when I was looking into just a music production, one of the things that I came across uh, was that music production actually has one of the highest um, gender gaps. And uh, when we think of gender gaps, we're usually thinking of like physics or like engineering, but it's 2% to 98. So I was actually curious like what you thought of that. And I know you worked on Pixie Pop as like one of your um, projects. And I was wondering is, did that influence um, that being a problem that you wanted to work on personally? Yeah, definitely. Um... I think that the gender gap in uh, fields tend to like come about whenever technology is involved and music production is a very, very technical thing. Like a, a lot of people think that it's just like layering down instruments for songs, but it's also making sure like the frequency balance is right, making sure that it's a, it's a lot of technical skills, like making sure balances are right, making sure um, uh audio sorry I'm blanking out right now making sure the audio is like compressed the right way making sure like um I'm trying to think like what else is there like there, there are just so many technical tools like plugins that I have to use a lot of things that I have to download um it, it does not really look like I'm working on music sometimes when I'm working on music because I, I'm really working on audio and it's a lot to do with audio engineering so um 
like I'm what, I'm what I'm trying to think like yeah it's it's really rough in this field because you said it there's only two percent of music only two percent of music producers are women and um yeah like it's it's something that I've noticed from day one from working in this field like uh a lot of times I get miscredited for things um people don't believe I produce things and like you would think like you know it's the 21st century like you know mm -hmm. like uh it, sh it shouldn't be like that complicated to credit someone for their work but unfortunately there are a lot of like preconceived biases in people's minds so yeah like that's kind of why I started the Pix a Pop Girls Camp just to get like get girls involved in music production like I, I I wish like I could do something more on a national scale to change things so this is really my way of finding a solution around this and doing something about the adversity that I've personally had to face and I've seen other women producers face in the industry um but how to how to deal how I deal with it as a producer um I think like it, it stems down to a lot of comp like just acting confident knowing my stuff like whenever people ask me how I produce something being able to like ask them or even like bringing it up while I'm in a conversation with an A&R and being like oh yeah like I panned this 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 way and I e I equalized this frequency here and I like did this like just adding that into the conversation and kind of making sure like they're aware that I know my stuff whenever it comes to music production is how I go about in the industry doing it and I make sure to mention that I produce my songs several times in a meeting <laughs> which I I feel like is it sometimes feels really extra to me and it feels like I'm taking up more space and I'm being too like um I'm being too pushy about my ideas but then like I I, I realized that like almost all the male producers I've interacted with are really the same way in um in a sense like I know whenever they send uh, emails to A&Rs, like I've, I've really recently learned this in the last year, but whenever they send, send emails out, like they will shamelessly follow up. They will keep sending emails. They'll keep following <laughs> up. They will um, spam the person with music, really. Like they they don't have they don't have a concern with like, am I sending this person too much music? Am I like getting in the way of their time or whatever? Like that's kind of like the pattern I see with a lot of like my um, male peers who produce to them. And so like, but I realize in myself, like I'm so cautious, like I look over my emails before I send them at least like 20 times. And I'm like, are there any grammatical errors in this? Am I sending them too much music? Maybe I should just stop following up after I followed up once because, you know, if they wanted to respond, they would. But you know, the truth is like, people in the business are super busy. And um, you got to get you got to be pushy to get things pushy, quote unquote, to get things done. Like you got to be assertive. Like, yeah, you got to take initiative. And that's really outside my comfort zone. But I've kind of come to the realization in the last few years that as a woman producer, that is something that I have to do in order to succeed in this industry. So that, that's how I'm kind of handling it right now. It's I really, really wish that there were more initiatives in this world. I know I know there's a there's a couple like um, it's called like the seven percent club which is like trying to highlight women creators and uh, uplift women producers. So there's there's a couple initiatives run by female producers in America right now, but not nearly as much as there should be. And record labels and publishers, I don't feel like are supporting women in music as much as they can at the moment. So uh, yeah, like I, I think there's a long way to go with the gender inequality in the industry, but yeah. That's why we need more women in music. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think even just like 
the smaller things right like you just being conscious of like what you're saying and like really making sure like people see who you are and like getting your message across and not letting that deteriorate deteriorate like your confidence um is powerful and I think that just speaks to a lot of people and a lot of women who are in your position um but I do want to wrap up this episode just because I think we're at a good stopping point we have had such a good conversation and such a good time talking thank you so to much you. for having me like I'm, yeah, yeah thank you so I'm much. honored that you guys reached out there are so many interesting topics that we cover like I love the diversity and just like the direction that this episode went in yeah mm-hmm. me too and I'm so glad we got such a different perspective because I don't think we've ever really talked to anyone in music and music production I know I haven't um and so it was just such a, such a cool perspective to hear from you and like hear some of your stories because like that's just so new to me and I think it's I don't know a lot of the topics you brought up were really really insightful well it was really really awesome talking to the both of you like yeah and I wish you guys the best of luck with your podcast with your website with all your entrepreneurial endeavors and thank you so much for having me yes of course